face to face, hand to hand, film to film. Welcome to the Film to Film podcast. My name is James Shergan. I am joined here by uh, Inyaki Lanero. How are you doing, Inyaki? Doing pretty well. Pretty well. How about you, James? Not so bad. Have you been watching anything interesting lately? Um, <laughs> I I started watching this uh, Netflix show called Ragnarok. Uh, it's Norwegian. And it's a it's a very silly show. It's very weird. I don't know if you have you ever watched Dark. Uh, no. Okay, that's also Netflix. It's German, but um, anyways, it's just like a mix between, in my opinion, it's like a mix between uh, Dark, which is like uh, supernatural weird shit happening, with Twilight, with Nordic, uh, with Nordic um, mythology. Was oh, it vamp- vampires? You know, so this one's Nordic mythology, but the Twilight in the okay. sense that, like, it's centered in with teenagers and teenagers okay. doing things. So it's just like a mix of all those three things. Uh, but it's captivating enough that, uh, you know, I, I watched several episodes of that. Nice. Did you watch that with your partner or, yeah. or on your own? Yeah, okay. with partner, yeah. Um, I've never heard of that. So, interesting. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's very silly. It's very silly, but uh, you know, if you don't mind subtitles and you want to watch a very silly show, it's uh, okay. Well, there it's good you go. to watch. Uh, and besides uh, that, uh, you know, I've been watching uh, two uh, uh, Italian. I I want to say giallo, but almost feels like Poliziteschi. Since in the other one, I've had you know a little bit of both, but two crime yeah. dramas. Uh, that yeah, were we'll very be, similar in certain themes. Yeah, we'll be talking about them. They are uh, both, of course, part of uh, Massimo uh, Dalamano's uh, Schoolgirls in Peril trilogy. So there are two of the three films in there. And uh, I wanted to bring these films on because I think you're right. They are fairly different from uh, your standard giallos. And especially what have they done to your daughters, uh, I think, is. Um, and so it's interesting to sort of see similar storylines uh, coming just a couple of years apart uh, in the Italian film cycle um, and just how they sort of reflect the changing tastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in 1974, when what, what Have They Done uh, to Your Daughters uh, was released, Palizio Teschis were much more taking off and stuff, so you could sort of see them trying to incorporate more of those elements in far more of a police procedural than uh, What Have They Done to Solange. But we'll get to that. We're going to start with What Have They Done to Solange uh, first. Um, so... Uh, real quickly, uh, what did you uh, think of this film? It was good. It was good. Um, I mean, in a way, to me, it was like other... I mean, at this point, I've watched enough uh, Giallos that I'm sort of... Uh, you know, it's like it, it was another Giallo. Uh, it had a couple of good twists. Uh, when it comes to like cinematography and, and um, cinematography, film location and, and music, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, I thought... Mm-hmm. Uh, had great music. I, I really liked some takes in the film. Um, but plot-wise, you know, uh, I, I kind of... Uh, it felt like another Jello in the, in a way. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. I mean, uh, these films uh, have a reputation in sort of the Jello canon. Uh, some people consider them to be just as good as some of the Argento or mm-hmm. Martino films that we've seen. Uh, uh, and... 
and for me at least, uh, they do focus on somewhat different stuff. I feel like there's far more of like a subtext and like social commentary to these films um, versus like the heavily stylized uh, kills of something like Argento. Um, so, sure. Yeah, it, yeah, sure, yeah. but we've I, seen others with subtext. That's why I'm like, I mean, we've seen so many Giallo films that we've seen films with subtext beyond, our, you know, Argento's the, the least subtext, subsexual yes. You know, director out of the ones we've seen. Yes, yes. Argento is almost just purely uh, style and joy in the kills. And I feel like there's not all that much. The, the kills in, in uh, Solange especially, I feel like, are especially just brutal and vicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are kills without joy. Uh, not that they don't have a good point and good um, uh, resonance to them. Uh, I feel like you do. Uh, they, they are quite effective in what they're trying to do. He's obviously trying to do something very different. Uh, than uh, our man Dario is. Um, so, ha- yeah, d- compared to something like, uh, let's say, Deep Red or whatever, do you find do you have a preference between sort of like these more social commentary films versus the more pure style of something that uh, uh, Dario Argento makes? Uh, I mean, I, w- I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't... S- it-, it just depends on my mood, I guess. Okay. Like, D- Deep Red is more... It's closer to, you know, a horror film, almost. Yeah, for um, sure. And Argento does add a little bit of uh, comedy to them that uh, this one did not necessarily have. Um, but on the other hand, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on the mood, I guess. Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, I, I do enjoy both of these films. Um the consensus generally is that What Have You Done to Solange is far more of a classic. I actually think I prefer uh, Daughters. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a Platio person, too. Actually, I, I was going to say I prefer Daughters as well. Okay, yeah, uh, which is actually a little contrarian. Uh, usually people seem to think Solange is a better film, and I do think it's probably a more handsome film in the way it's shot and stuff like that. But I actually mm-hmm. find Daughters to be... Uh, uh, for me, at least, I, I enjoy it quite a bit more. Um, but I do like this film. Uh, for me, it doesn't quite rise up to sort of be a genre classic in the same way like Deep Red or even Torso is for me. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I think th- I think it's a good movie. So I uh, wanted to talk about it. Um, okay, so uh, first point, uh, the director, uh, or no, let's do synopsis first. Okay, you tell me what you think of this. Uh, a teacher who is having an affair with one of his students takes her out on a boat. Other gruesome murders start occurring shortly thereafter, and the teacher suspects that he may be the cause of them. Little, little not not exactly correct. Yeah, I don't. I, I never thought that the teacher thought he was the cause yeah. of them. Like, he also, never appeared to be that the case. Also, yeah, he was not a witness, right? No, no, he was with a witness. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, kind of a strange synopsis. Um, I'd say. He is with with a girl that witnesses uh, the first murder, and then stuff murders just seem to be happening around him. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, first talking point. Uh, this is directed by uh, Massimo uh, Dalamano, uh, who was a cinematographer. He's most well known for uh, uh, being the cinematographer for the first two uh, Dollars films with uh, Clint Eastwood and Sergio Leone. So it's full of dollars for a few dollars more. Uh, he was then unceremoniously kicked out <laughs> uh, as the cinematographer of Leone for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So he only did the first two. Mm. Eventually became a director. Um, had a nice little career that unfortunately only lasted um, 
uh, under a decade as he was killed in a car crash when he was like 59. Uh, so just a few years after this, uh, when he was working on the final film in this trilogy. And he's uh, and one thing I think that's kind of interesting is he's much, much older. Um, uh, he's an older man compared to Argento and Martino. He's 23 years older than Argento and 21 years older than Martino, who are both mm-hmm. young men when they're directing these films, like in their early to mid-30s. Um, Dalamano uh, was in his mid-50s. So I think it's interesting to think about that in context and just the way that this has more of like, uh, it reflects a little bit more on parental figures and authority figures uh, in these films. And I think that's an important part of the subtext uh, to it. So I, I just wanted to bring that up as sort of background uh, to both of these films. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the first thing that comes off is... Uh, uh, our lead here, uh, Fabio Testi, who is in an extremely inappropriate relationship that was probably inappropriate in 1972 and has only just gotten to be even more problematic as time has gone on. Uh, uh, so I wanted to kick us off there uh, because that's one of the first things we see. We start off and we see, and eventually we see the context that he, she's actually one of his students. Mm-hmm. Um, we see him lie about it uh, and... Uh, uh, yeah, so what did you think of that whole dynamic? So, I mean, I had a question. Yeah. It, with this film, the the this is a Catholic college. It's not a Catholic school, right? Uh, I think it's a Catholic high school. Is. I thought it was college because the, 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 the girlfriend was, uh, was like 19 or like 18. And like everyone was off, a, like off a, a of age, which is why they made such a big um, emphasis on <clears throat> spoilers. Solange, who was the only minor in in the entire uh, in, in the entire situation. Um. So. Oh. Hmm. Uh, it does say college professor, so maybe I. I... Yeah, so, I mean, when I was watching, like, uh, yeah, I, I was pretty sure it was like a, 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 a university or, or like a college, but it was like a Catholic all women's college. Yeah, it says a Catholic girls' school in England. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, and, and and I pointed out because then you know it changes the 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 premise of your question a little bit, right? That that changes it significantly. I mean, it's still problematic, but the level of problematicness uh, goes significantly down. Yeah, uh, if they're actually uh, college. Yeah, but um, she, so she was of age because a lot of people actually meant like it, it was like highlighted in a couple of scenes. I, I mean, one of the one of yeah. the professors from one of the other professors in the in the school actually like was aware of it. I think might have been actually being the head of the school was already the aware dean. of it. The yeah, dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he was like, No, I, I know it's not a problem because, you know, she's of age. So right. that's why okay. I was just thinking that of age was much younger, uh, then. But I could be wrong. Uh, no, but I think you're right. Uh if we are to trust Wikipedia, uh I'm sure I have college professors that would uh be very unhappy with me trusting Wikipedia, but they referenced college a couple times. So I think you're right. Uh, interesting. Uh, I mean, I just assumed from uh, the way they're dressed and like the way parents play an important part that uh, they were actually uh, high school students. Ah, but that's because you're from from the U.S. <laughs> that is that is because, probably exactly correct. Yeah. Because yeah, like uh, it, it is common in in Europe for in Europe as well as like in Latin America, but especially Southern Europe for people to. Um, for college students to live with their parents. 
Okay. Like they don't go to Fair enough. But I mean, I don't know about England, of course. I mean, this is set in, in London, but it, it is, you know, an Italian film after all. So who knows how much they were mixed, like mixing, you know, what kind of concepts, right? Cultural concepts. But, right, uh, right. I mean, like, also the fact that it's a Catholic school and stuff like that, which is not very British, uh, also right. more, seems more Italian than British. Uh, not that it's not impossible in Britain, but still. I mean, yeah. And I mean, that adds a little bit to the, the, the fact that it's in Britain does add a little bit to the, uh, what kind of priest? I mean, I know this is later, but it's like, what kind of priest? Was it an Anglican, Anglican priest, a Protestant, uh, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, like, and you got the lineup. But it, yeah, again, that's later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I but yeah, I mean, going back to it, I mean, it's still inappropriate. Like the professor is definitely older than the the student, um, and there's definitely power th- dynamic there. And the professor was super pushy from the like not, the first <laughs> scene. He's like he's the kind of guy who's just like, come on, just a tip, almost, <laughs> and that's just like fucked up. Yeah, you know, he's he's very horny for like the first half of the film. Uh, <laughs> and then for some reason, uh, he's also the main protagonist too, who is like doing, uh, the most of the investigation and stuff like that. Uh, the thing that I found to be, uh, kind of like astounding, but also extremely amusing was just the way that his, uh, relationship with his wife gets revitalized in the film. Uh, I know, know. There's, nothing, there's nothing quite like revitalizing your relationship with your spouse, like investigating the death of your, uh, of your mistress. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so fucked up. Um, it's very messed up, but I also kind of found it to be very funny in a way. I mean, what a wife, though, right? Like, you know, I mean, she's a keeper. <laughs> yeah. She's, I mean, she... Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, the fact that she's like, yes. I love you, and I will help you find the killer of your <laughs> of your lover. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a plot twist I was not expecting the first time I saw this film. I know. I, I thought I thought because uh, it was implied that uh, the killer had a fake beard for a while, so I thought mm-hmm. maybe it was the wife being the killer. Oh, you know that's a good call. It wouldn't have been shocking because that could be anyone. Um, yeah, one thing I like about this film, um, so I actually saw this film for the first time when I was actually watching a bunch of Politioteskis before I'd really dove into Giallo, so I kind of had a different perspective going into it. Uh, one thing I liked about uh, both of these films is just the way that they kind of show uh, the different um, staff and mm-hmm. how the staff could be the killers. And I just kind of like that genre trope of having a lot of like red herrings and stuff like that. You have like the guy that just like looks like a total creep that's like, I never liked the Italian guy. Uh, that's like uh, perving on the girls. And yeah, the peeping like Tom. Peeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I kind of like the uh, that sort of uh, backdrop of just having like the killer different motivations and stuff like that. Uh, I enjoy mm-hmm. that. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, what about uh, so? Let's talk about again our main protagonist, uh, played by Fabio Testi. What was his name in the in the movie? Do you remember? Um, it was. It started with an E. Uh, I want to uh, Enrico. Enrico. There we yes. go. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he's uh, he he's was one of the leads in Revolver, if you remember right. Very mm-hmm. handsome guy, uh, and eventually he's sort of the lens of which we sort of see the investigation. 
how much were you rooting for him or were you kind of just rubbed off by him uh, just because of like his sort of a uh, scuzzy nature from the first uh, 30 40 minutes of the film um yeah i wasn't rooting for him i wasn't rooting against him i was just okay. like he's not the most empathetic character because of his yeah how sketchy he was from the beginning uh you feel bad for the girl who you know his girlfriend who later dies uh, yeah, yeah. In a way, I mean, and you might jump into this later, but uh, one thing I, I, it felt to me is that this movie sort of starts with the death of his girlfriend, almost, because before that, like you, you have very little clues. Uh, yeah. So once his girlfriend dies at his, uh, his, uh, <laughs> uh, cheating. What, what do you call that? Like his, the place he, uh, he rents to cheat on his wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <sir. laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, that makes sense in a way. Uh, that's like because that's also a murder that we actually get the killer POV from. Uh, <laughs> before that, uh, most there's two kills, and I think they're both happen pretty much. Mostly, they're pretty fast, and they happen mostly off screen. Yeah. Um, so that one is more brutal. You actually see the drowning and stuff like that. That's one of like the first set pieces that you really do uh remember in this film mm-hmm. um yeah yeah even though in a way in a way it's like less brutal in the sense that uh the other ones you know once you learn like how the people are killed yeah it's pretty messed up yeah yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> and this one's uh doesn't have that um mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I I think uh, Fabio Testi he's one of those actors that's really grown on me. Uh, I used to think he was kind of just like a fairly handsome guy that's sort of just cast in these roles, but I actually think he's pretty good in this film. Um, the fact that you don't actually hate his guts after everything that he goes through and stuff, and that you can even like somewhat root for him or or see things from his point of view, mm-hmm. I think is a testament to a fairly strong performance. I don't think he's going to win an Oscar or anything like this, but I actually like him in this film. Um, I think he's good. Um, yeah. And I no, think he sure. uh, pulls it off pretty well. Um, speaking of which, uh, his uh, his cheating pad uh, where he uh, brings the his mistress, uh, one thing I found to be very amusing about it was how he had like uh, uh, like posters of women <laughs> in, the, in the background. Like, why? <laughs> What what do you think the Room Raider would have said about this? The Zoom Room Raider. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was a weird it it was a weird choice. Um, um, because yeah, Elizabeth was the name of his mistress, I think, and like yeah, uh, and like I mean, if I was Elizabeth, I would have been like, oh, you know, you, oh, you got this like nice apartment with the music I like. Awesome. Uh, could you fucking take down that poster? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, why is this guy, this like 33-year-old married guy with like a German wife that's like a college professor and and he's going to cheat? Why, why is he putting up these posters in the room? Like, why? <laughs> I don't even get it. But I found it to be very funny. I just saw that. I just started laughing at it. Yeah, um, I mean... It's so it makes so little sense in a way that you almost wonder like at first I'm like what is this what is this room why is she excited about this like yeah. place and it's like oh this is an apartment he's renting to to hang out with her but 
it doesn't feel like it because you know because of that damn poster <laughs> yeah well it just makes his character seem even hornier uh which we definitely do not need because he's pretty horny for that full uh <laughs> well, for... well so there, there's some there was a character who basically said saying that he's horny as fuck like he was like well you know his wife is uh you know pretty um what was it like she's like old-fashioned old or something like that yeah and, and it's like and he is pretty young and it's like what <laughs> well they just kind of played with the uh uh the european stereotypes it's like oh yeah his wife is very um german oh yeah very uh, german yeah exactly german <laughs> stern i and, think was the word yeah. that you and he's italian and very passionate and romantic <laughs> um i do love the fact that he actually never sleeps with uh elizabeth yeah, um, that's kind of a that's pretty shocking actually. I mean, she kept on kept on saying no. Yeah, it's true, and he actually uh, he did listen begrudgingly, very begrudgingly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um, all right, that's enough for uh, that uh, for Fabio Testi and Karen Bale, who plays his wife. Um, so yeah, let's talk about a little bit about the um, social themes for this. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I also wanted to watch this film with you too. Because mm-hmm. I do feel like uh, these films, uh, both of these films for that matter, uh, have stronger characters than it uh, to mm. it than a lot of giallos. And they have a stronger emotional resonance to it uh, as well as like uh, sort of more richer themes to yeah. sort of pick apart um, and discuss. Uh, anything sort of stick out at you as far as that goes? Like, uh, were there any particularly emotionally resonant parts or or uh, themes that you wanted to discuss? I have a few picked apart, but uh, yeah, wanted to run it by you first. Well, I mean, like, I, I like the uh, the uh, the mix between you know the the promiscuity of you know this this girl the the like the students at the college versus you know them being at a Catholic all women's college was kind of an interesting you know like uh juxtaposition if you will the fact that almost every professor and especially the priest and well, obviously the priests are all men except for the the music teacher um right i i that latter part i just wanted to quickly hop into it's like the part where all the men are questioning elizabeth mm-hmm. uh when she actually says that she thinks she saw the murder she actually covers up for um enrico mm-hmm. there as far as seeing that I thought that was a very effective scene because you just see all of the male eyes looking at her on right. the table, and right. it, other other than um, uh, the wife. Um, so I thought that was effective, just kind of showing the man's world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. The, I mean, yeah. The presence of of, of this main male dominated on uh, on the religious like <laughs> weight on it, you know. Right. I mean, the, the fact that like the killer dresses as a priest. Almost to. I mean, most of the movie you think he's a priest, but even though he wasn't, the theme itself is very religious, t- religiously tied, and yeah. especially right. being Catholicism, uh, which is um, one of the more, especially back then, was one of the more conservative uh, Christian, really popular Christian religions. Right, and of course the uh, dominant religion in Italy. Um, right. Well, yeah, that makes sense. That yeah, which is probably why they picked it. But I thought maybe they picked yeah. it uh, for more than that. Like, I mean, um, Catholicism 
in comparison to other Protestant religions, can be more old-fashioned in certain subjects. Right. For example, um, Catholicism still against uh, birth control. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think, one of the few Christian religions against birth control, you know? Right. Uh, like yeah, that. I mean, like, here in the States, we might also get a slightly skewed view of what's religiously conservative versus less so. Uh, so I think maybe that part does end up getting missed a little bit just because uh, here in the States, evangelicals are sort of like the stereotypical uh, conservative uh, Christian part. But I mean, right. Catholics, for sure. Right. Um, evangel- evangelicals are just take it to the next level. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But out of the more, like, tradition, I would say, like, more older Christian religions, Catholics tend to be on the on on the more conservative side, especially in the seventies. And then, you know, this is set in England where Catholic Catholicism is not the main religion and it's, you know, Anglicanism. So right. I think there is there is some I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean maybe I'm reading on to it. But I mean there is a little bit of uh I mean, spoilers. This has like a big deal about this movie is abortion. Yes. And, and 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 you know it, it is interesting how like here we have um, you know these girls having basically illegal or forced abortions and uh, and they're all from a Catholic school which I think was the most again against abortion back in the seventies. Right, right makes sense. I mean, still against abortion too. I'm sure. Oh um, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's a central theme. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually, for some reason, didn't even have that in my notes about the Catholic theme. So uh, thanks uh, for that. Um, Yeah, one thing I also thought was very effective, too, uh, and interesting is the film clearly doesn't try to even really show stuff from the perspective of the girls. Mm -hmm. But I thought it did a good job of just showing how, like, this older generation of people, including Enrico, but even, like, the generation older than that, so, like, the dean and especially, like, the parents of the girls. Like, uh, Elizabeth, I think they show that her sort of uh, guardian figure is her uncle, who turns Mm -hmm. out to be, like, some hotshot, like, colonel in the UK military. Mm -hmm. But when we first see him as sort of, like, the the father figure, and she's like, oh, I'm going out over here. And he just looks, like, utterly confused and no idea how to be sort of, like, a parental figure over, like, this teenage or, or maybe 20-year-old uh, uh, woman. Right. So uh, I think it does a good job of just showing uh, how uh, older people are just like totally clueless when it comes to youth, specifically young women in these films. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was also interesting to see. Yeah, um, and, and and it is crazy how that, I mean, how they are still treating them like girls, even though they are within, you know, their, their late teens, early 20s. But they're being treated like treated like children. Yeah, but at the same time, they're very sexualized too, and we see like the peeping and sort of the exploitation mm-hmm. of them as well. And I think, uh, yeah, how, I mean, how do you think that stuff is aged in general? Like, do you think that stuff remains pretty pertinent, or uh, or do you think it it comes across as a little uh, more perverse uh, in twenty twenty one? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, it, it depends on. on whether you thought that was a college or a high school. <laughs> okay. Well, changing it to a college, uh, let's say it's a college, um, <laughs> which, which I will say has significantly changed my view on it. Yeah, so viewing it this as, as being a, 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 an all-girls college, it, it more show, 
it, it kind of just shows, you know, the the perspective of the old-fashioned parents uh, vis-a-vis the younger, you know, the 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 younger daughter, which is still a theme today. Like today, you still have, especially with with women, right? Like it's still a theme where, you know, if the daughter is in is living with their parents in in her twenties, the parent, the, especially the dad, will be like. You know, you cannot go and see boys. And just like, I'm a fucking adult. Uh, so, I mean, you see that in media. You, 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 you can see that in media today. I mean, you can even see, like, hear that in real life. Like, you know, like, um, some parents are really controlling on, especially on their daughters, because... Right, right. Well, there's a double standard on sons and daughters. Exactly. Um, I mean, I don't know if the movie was trying to make a point of it or just showing it. I, I mean, it made less of a juxtaposition between sons and daughters, but I mean, like, it's certainly a conscious choice to show all girls school. Um, and like, it's also in what have they done to your daughters? I mean, literally daughters is in the title there. Right. Although, I mean, that, that brings brings me a question, right? Uh, whether mm-hmm. the that choice of, you know, doing an all girls school uh, was done with the purpose of avoiding the conversation about the double standard hmm. you know because you don't you don't have to worry about it since the only subjects that are you're you're studying are girls yeah i mean it certainly impacts the perspective because you have less of that uh like you can compare it less to how the boys are treated versus the girls mm-hmm. and it's more just like how this older generation of people um both a little bit older, like Enrico, or much older, like the dean or the policeman, uh, are uh, are like trying to understand and, and treat them, mm-hmm. um, and less of yeah. So I don't know. I, I I guess I don't see that as a positive or a negative. Just more like that's this particular uh, director's uh, perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, I was not passing any judgment to it. I was just saying like it almost feels like you know there's no judgment that can be made. Because it didn't really address it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. Any other uh, thoughts on some of those social themes? Um, I mean, I, I just kind of—I mean, I don't know if we're gonna go more in depth into the 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 abortion part part of it. Uh, but I mean, it gave me some question marks. Because, I mean, I feel like the film does not take a position at all. Like, or if anything, it's probably a little bit anti-abortion. Um, like this, um, this could be shown in. If you add additional context, this would be a very easy movie, movie to show uh, in like those very Christian Christian channels, like <laughs> right, uh, saying like, "You see, if you have abortion, then your friends will peer pressure you into one, and it's extremely painful and will fuck you up mentally." Yeah. The uh, the abortion scene is very uh, it's probably the the roughest scene to watch uh, in this film. Yeah, it, it's rough. It's forced. It's really bad. Uh, one thing though that um, I don't know if you if this made you think at all about this other movie, uh, not at all related, but uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. Um, so, I mean, clearly this abortion in this scene was illegal, right? Like, you're having an illegal abortion, and they show it very painful, very coerced. Uh, 
in general very i mean not a pleasant situation right uh the the girl ends up like traumatized to the point that she cannot talk anymore all that um and you compare that to the scene uh if you, you yeah would you watch portrait of lady on fire right mm-hmm. yeah i've seen it there's an abortion scene there too again also i mean i don't know if it's illegal in the 1800s but you know like done at like some working class lady's house and it's like a very gentle scene like you know, we're talking about 1800s abortion and it's just like the girl's just laying down. There's a baby right next to her. They're just like looking at her as she's getting an abortion and everything seems mm-hmm. very peaceful. Like after like some, you know, music, nothing horrible. And it, yeah. it just made me think of both of them because it's like, <laughs> yeah, you can see like and because in one of them, you know, the, the Portrait of Lady on Fire, which is a movie from 2019 uh with very feminist uh perspective like tries to show abortion even in the worst conditions as something natural almost right like something natural something very wholesome while mm-hmm. this is you know the epitome of sin <laughs> yeah yeah where it's like you have like 10 girls they're like hold her down yeah hold yeah, her down and she's like yeah. with these like hot needles and they're like if this hurts a little that's because it should. You should think about your sin. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. It, it's a pretty uh, horrific way. Interesting. I, I, hmm. I, it, yeah. It makes me think that if anything, this film does have uh, a fairly anti-abortion stance. But if they added more context to it, I feel like they could have pushed it one way or the other, uh, I mean, for that matter. Right. I mean, you could have easily gone on. You know. I mean, with you could by adding any context, you could have said like, uh, you know, um, had the girl gotten, had the parents supported this sixteen-year-old uh, girl yeah, for an abortion doing, for a legal a safer abo- space, yeah. right? Exactly in a safe space, legal abortion with uh, an anesthetics and all that. Uh, she would have been completely fine and you know not compl- not mentally fucked. But that's not the story. That's added context, right? It's context that's not in, on the right. text. Yeah. Uh, so we will never know. Right. I mean, it's more portrayed in sort of just a genre, not light as like, this is the eventual killer's uh, motivation for doing it uh, because it was so emotionally scarring for his daughter. Um, right. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. It, it's not a film, despite how horrific that scene is, it's not a film that, oddly enough, caused me to think about like the director Dalamano's uh, stance on the actual abortion. So I don't know. No, yeah, no. Probably he thought it was a cool, it was a cool explanation. <laughs> and that's it, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 We cannot... It was a way to move along the plot. It was, uh, I mean, it's a much better explanation than like, uh, uh, I don't know. Some of, some of the Giallo, some of the Giallo's, the cycle babble at the end is, Oh, uh, the, the triple X, uh, genome. Oh yeah. Or, yeah. or triple yeah, Y. Chromosome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's better than uh, Argento's thing in Cat and Nine Tales, yeah. Um, okay, well, switching gears a little bit, uh, this had a more Kone score. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Always lovely. I mean, from the very uh, op- op- opening title, you know, the red biking girl and the music. Uh, soothing in general. Um, I mean, I, the, what else can you say about Morricone's uh, music? Yeah. 
He always brings it. Yeah, it's another good score. I don't know if it's close to his best, but it's it's solid. It kind of is like half of that like really beautiful melody and like half like sort of more of the dissonant like he sort of get for a bird with the crystal plumage. Mm-hmm. Similar sort of deal with that. Um, what about uh, the emotional resonance for this film? Did it did it do, strike any chords with you, or was it not less so? Yeah, no, it didn't. Okay. I actually feel the same, but I, I, I think, uh, and I think this is why a lot of people do like the film, because they actually do find the, they do get attached to, like, actually finding the killer and stuff like that. Uh, for me, I, I tend to like colder, more technical films, so that's, I don't particularly, uh, doesn't do anything for me here. Uh, so I was curious if it would do anything for a more warm-hearted person like yourself. Uh, no. Um, it's just that I don't, I mean... I, We've seen enough giallos to me that uh, this is one of those areas where it's just like, oh, who is the killer? It's a who's who. Oh, it could be, you know, it's probably not the peeper because the peeper is too obvious. It's probably <laughs> none of the, the priest. Um, oh, it's this character we barely known. Uh, out of this, the, I thought it was the Dean. I mean, the Dean's fairly well known, is he not? Is the Dean the dad, Solange? Is dad? I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say you, that you, the dean and the inspector looked kind of similar to each other. So I, I had a hard time at certain points uh, taking them apart. But uh, I think it was just Solange's father. I don't think Solange... I don't think that was the dean. No? No. No, I think it's just Solange's father who comes out of like nowhere, but maybe I missed that. But like, and and that's where, in my opinion, I, I this will sound very critical, but this is these are the moments where these movies kind of fall. Like they give you a shit ton of characters; they all kind of look the same. Uh, you know, they're all like old white people, and yeah. at some moment, uh, you're not really sure who is who. Like. I right. I truly think that the, this character came out of like after Solange went missing. That's when he showed up. I might, I might be wrong again. Like, okay, uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I I I swear it's uh, the Professor Bascombe, the uh, the the dean, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Oh, let me see. Let me see. I'm looking right now at Wikipedia. Yeah. I like how this is the second time. Yeah, I was reading Wikipedia too, and uh, to be honest, it's not totally clear. Uh, it says Solange's father is a wealthy, tenured professor at the same school. Okay. Uh, so then, then he was shown already. He was definitely shown already. Whether he's the dean or not, I don't know. I, th- I thought he was the dean, though. Uh yeah, I mean maybe so it maybe was the friend of the the because the dean was kind of friendly with the main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he kind of covered for him and stuff or he knew about their relationship and was like yeah, it's inappropriate, but yeah. Um <laughs> Okay. Uh well, let's uh any scene highlights for me? I, I actually don't have a ton of scene highlights for this. There's a couple kills in it. They're very grimy, they're brutal. Um like, there's a kidnapping of a girl. There's the POV where we still see Elizabeth die. And, of course, there's the abortion. We all kind of already talked about the abortion. Any of those you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I, I, I thought the uh, the priest lineup was funny. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. 
it was almost out of out of place <laughs> for the tone of the movie, but uh, it, it it made me laugh. Okay. Yeah, all the different denominations. Yeah, you have different denominations, different robes, and then you have this witness who barely had a look of the killer. And he's just like, I don't know. They all look the same. They all wear a fucking black robe. Just leave me alone. And he's like walking out. And it's like, next time I see a fucking priest, I'm going to punch him in the face. And he sees a priest and then he runs away. <laughs> I kind of like that too. If uh, we ever re- do a remake of this film, I think I'd nominate you to play that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so who won the movie? Um, music. All right. Uh, the Maestro, Morcone won. Okay, I'm going to give it to Fabio Testi. Uh, I think his performance is just pretty good. Uh, it's hard to pull off sort of this protagonist uh, that's extremely uh, problematic, um, but still to be somewhat likable. Yeah, yeah that's true. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, rating? Uh, seven. Okay, I'm right there with you. I'm at a seven out of ten too for this film. Uh, I think a lot of people would rank this film a lot higher, uh, but uh, for me, uh, it just doesn't quite have the same emotional resonance uh, that a lot of people seem to think it does for them. So uh, for me, it's a seven. All right, so let's move on to our second film. What have they done to your daughters? Uh, synopsis here: A girl's suspicious death leads authorities to a teenage prostitution ring. Accurate, yeah, that's on point. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, uh, did you, so? What's your uh, quick perception of this film? Did you like this film? Uh, did you watch this film back to back with uh, Solange? Or? I did. I did. Uh, maybe I okay. shouldn't have. Maybe, but to be honest, this one worked out uh, because uh, though they have like somewhat of a sim- similar theme, if you will, maybe uh, they have a similar theme or similar plot ish theme, if you will. Uh, this one is quick. This one moves very quickly. Uh, yes, it's it like every step is just it's just moving along. So it felt it felt really it felt short actually. Um, I would I, I would almost say too short. Like there were moments where they, it, it could have uh, embellished more because um, there were uh, and then we can go into details later. But there were some scenes where I thought um, were good and could have been done and they could have like rested a little bit on those things uh, on those scenes to make it even more powerful yeah I, I think i agree and and they also end on a very abrupt note where everyone's just kind of like uh fuck you to the uh to the uh district attorney or, or not the commissioner or was the it commissioner the, or maybe it was the da maybe was, yeah i don't yeah. know yeah 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 who was not going after them but uh, I, I like the snappy nature to this. Um, it's very snappy. Yeah, very snappy. Um, I mean, you, you pointed out at the beginning that this is kind of has some Plitzioteski elements to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solange does as well. Uh, this one definitely has even more so, uh, just almost surely on the fact that our main protagonists and uh, like our secondary protagonists are all part of the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. There's, we have an assistant district attorney as well as a, a couple inspectors that we follow around. Um, and this is uh, comes two years later uh, when Polizioteskis are starting to become very popular as well. And so there's a couple of films that sort of straddle this line of being like kind of part giallo, part Polizioteski. 
Um, and this is one of them. And I think this is one of the better ones. Um, hmm. Like we get a police chase and stuff like that, something that you definitely would not get in a giallo, uh, or at least not very typically in a giallo. Um, yeah, and the score as well. Uh, this one's by Stelvio Cipriani, who is, it's a very different score than Solange, um, but I kind of love it. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. It's, yeah. It's kind of got those uh, those uh, heavy, uh, big band, brassy notes on it, and it's just a moving, very, very 70s uh, score to it. Yeah, it keeps you awake. Keeps you, it keeps you, it, it makes it exciting. Like, this, this movie has definitely more excitement to it. Yeah. You get to hear a lot of sirens and stuff like that, classic Poliziotescu stuff. Uh, it just feels like the constant whining of uh, of the Italian streets. This one's also set in Italy, too, mm-hmm. which uh, is a little different than Solange. Uh, okay. Uh, so let's see. Where to jump in? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We were talking about the social themes of uh, Solange, so let's just go... Uh, over to that here we're t- we kind of follow similar themes here of just sort of like the exploitation of uh young girls this in this case am i correct in thinking they are actually high school i mean yes uh the, okay. the, the first kill is literally like <laughs> 15 years old and i mean yeah, yeah. the entire movie right. revolves around children. well i mean you're, you're the guy that's going to be like well actually uh they start college in 15 in italy so <laughs> you know Okay, well, I'm glad I nailed that one. So, you know, we're off to a much better start than Solange, where I was totally off on, on the age group of, of the girls. Um, uh, okay, yeah, let's talk about the opening. I mean, the opening, you start off with the super groovy music from Cipriani score. Uh, oh. It sounds really cool. And then it just gets dark super fast. Right. Like, we start with, like, the hanging, and they're like, yeah, uh, she was 15. She was very sexually active. <laughs> she was pregnant, and the press is coming after us now. Uh, and it's... Uh, it's uh and, and at first they think it's a suicide too, mm-hmm. um, so Detective Munch somewhere is uh, nodding along. Uh, uh, yeah, what did uh, how did you like the opening? Uh, no, it's it, it's good. It, it in a way it's it it's almost a better setup for the mystery, um, especially because they describe all the reasons why it should be a suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know the assistant DA figures out that it's not, and she's like the first one who's like, "Nope, we're not gonna rule anything out until we, you know, we we get all the facts around it." So I, I sort of enjoyed that. Um, I personally was hoping that uh, the the main detective was gonna be the other guy, uh, Adorf. Yeah, yeah, I, I was yeah. hoping for him. Too. Yeah, you recognize him from uh, Italian Connection and Caliber 9, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I was hoping he would be, you know, like, slapping people around, um, <laughs> which was not the case, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it kind of leads you to think he will be for the first 15 minutes, and then he leaves from the pot and comes back for, like, 10 minutes at the end. Yeah, but he never slaps anyone, so... Sadly. He says he would like to, but he never gets the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they should have uh, had him uh, slapping the uh, the commissioner or whatever it is at the end. Uh, get him in the face and just go full uh, Rocco from Caliber 9. Just grab him. <laughs> start shaking his head. That would have been a great ending. Just like freeze frame it on that. It's like, get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it, I mean, on, on one hand, it's a, a lot more, it, it fetishizes a lot more the first death. 
especially considering that the characters, the, the 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 first victim is supposed to be like a girl, but at the same time the movie addresses that very clearly. It's like it fetishizes her death, but then it also talks about how like oh the press is really fetishizing this and they shouldn't. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, it was it was interesting. Uh, I think as a film, actually, they tried to pack a lot of social commentary in a in in ninety minutes, which was. I don't know how yeah. successful it was, but uh, it was kind of interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, they they do a lot, and I thought this film did a much better than job than Solange at just showing sort of the systemic nature to it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a film where it's like if you think of it as Jalo and stuff like that, the actual killer and stuff like that. It's like we have the guy in all black and stuff that gets killed. But he's almost an afterthought to the bigger systems at play, and uh, it has a very cynical end too, where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, the real power. The people with the money and stuff that are at the top. Yeah, we're not going to get those people. Yeah. Uh, and the part to me where it felt more like a Politsetesky is that at least all the ones that we discussed, like, you know, back in back last year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the central themes on, on all of those were that the system is corrupt. Police are either corrupt or inept in all of them. Right. Like the police were never good. Because either they were inept or corrupt. Um, And Italy is a crime-ridden hole. And there's almost no solution to it. And Mm -hmm. and this film sort of begins, and it definitely ends with that. Like, the ending of the the film almost straight up tells you an X amount, like, thousands of girls disappear every year, and those crimes are never solved. And sometimes they come back, but most of them are found either dead or disappear forever. Almost telling you, this movie is about how shitty our country is. Which I feel like Politsuteskis were sort of that, too. Because Giallo doesn't care. That, I mean, in some of them, yeah. sometimes it would touch upon that. But Giallo never cared so much about criticizing Italy. While right, right. The the better ones, at least, definitely right. had a point on that. Right. I mean, you could maybe uh, draw some subtext from Giallo's about, like, the rich upper class uh, are these rich, bougie bastards who are just knocking each other off and have no morals or something like that. But it's much more hidden than it is in Poliziotesky's, where you have, like, these dirty, hairy figures would be like, yeah, if only I could do what I want, I could uh, beat some people up and these criminals, they can get away with it and stuff like that. And there was tons um, on this one. There were lots of quotes on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I do feel like it's actually a lot richer than it is on, like, uh, for instance, like Almost Human or something like that, uh-huh. where, the, where the villain in Almost Human is uh, Tomas uh, Milian, who plays a very lower-class villain. And this one, actually, it references more to uh, upper class and stuff like that. Right. So this is, like, more... Um, uh, white collar crime uh, rather than sort of like blue I mean of course there's also like actual murders and stuff like that taking place but it's it's kind of on another level uh, to sort of like street level crime that we see in uh, uh, some of the other uh, Politiotesky so I actually like that part a fair amount the fact that it's not just taking aim at like oh we just need to be able to beat up these lower level thugs and just uh, perform our own executions and stuff like that I mean I mean this is this is a movie that uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised that uh, Q watched this movie, and and <laughs> and and that's where all QAnon theories came from. Because you know you have a child a child trafficking ring, and that it's only yeah, for yeah. it's only for the the rich and powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, they would be uh, using Wayfair now uh, it, it, to do this if it was uh, 2018. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, That's true, actually. That makes it... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the reality was of Italy in, in the mid-1970s, if this is actually paranoid, delusional conspiracy theories like Q is, or if it's uh, actual... Uh, I mean, or if it's actually based on something more. I, I feel like... I mean, obviously here we're all like speculating, but I feel like maybe those... I don't know if those facts that the movie tells you in, in, uh, in writing are true or not. We don't know that, mm -hmm. right? But let's assume it's true. The movie just creates a theory, an exciting theory, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, it's... Because that's always the, the... In fact, I mean, like, there's no older conspiracy than faceless powerful man trafficking children like that's the oldest theory out there yeah it's like, old school like we're talking about 1800s 1700s you have you know the the uh what was it like the whatever something something of cyan which is like power, powerful jews doing this or you know a bunch of other theories they all are always like oh yes it's always faceless uh faceless some religious minority Jews or whatever else plus rich bankers plus politicians they're all together for uh, you know trafficking children it's a conspiracy theory that it will it's never has never been true I mean you might have a situations where again like Epstein is one of those right where where you have few powerful people who are involved in that stuff but it's mm -hmm. never It's never as common as uh, stated. It's never as common. It's never someone 100% at the top. It's always like right. side characters in real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's a popular movie trope, obviously. It's like this film would be far from alone in doing it. I mean, I do think there's probably senses of truth, especially in the parts of like richer, uh, more well-off parties being able to get away with this more. Oh, yeah, for Whereas sure. like our working class butcher obviously just gets killed. Uh And it's less of an issue with him. Exactly. I mean, I mean, the the. I mean, obviously, all all good conspiracy theories have a have a, a pinch of truth, right? Like, who mm -hmm. can afford to be in connections with, you know, some underground ring of child prostitution? Only mm -hmm. the rich. Yeah. Mostly. So, right. <laughs> so on the uh, Yelp of conspiracy raters, what do you give this one out of five? Is it a three-star conspiracy, two-star? Uh, would you go again? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, the, the reason I'm pointing out all of this is more in the sense, like, sense that on one hand, it feels like it's making a, it's, it's making a, a statement about you know, uh -huh. corruption and all that which is a big part of Politeskis. But just like Politeskis and my criticism I had last year, which I you know, bring up this year, it's like, it, it's cheap conspiracy theories. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, it, it just works on, it works on a trope that is probably older than, you know. Like, older than the Illuminati. Older, yeah, or as, as <laughs> old or older than the Illuminatis, you know? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So what, what's, your, what's your conspiracy rating then? Is this a three out of five? I would put it as a two for lack of uh, creativity. <laughs> okay. I'm at a three out of five. It, it's, it's an oldie, but it's classic. So it's, a, it's an old and classic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean... <laughs> Sometimes you just want the classic pizza, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's pepperoni. Nothing wrong with uh, cheese and pepperoni. 
Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, I think we're getting a little off topic here. Um, <clears throat> so what did you think of uh, some of the lead portrayals? We have, well, let's start with Claudio Castanelli, who actually plays the uh, homicide investigator, gator, uh, Commissioner uh, Silvestri, mm-hmm. is what his character's name is. Um, clearly, at least, uh, somewhat inspired by Dirty Harry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, did you have any thoughts on uh, Castanelli? I mean, mm- not not really. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of a boilerplate role. It's like he investigates. Uh, he gets frustrated. He shouts at some people. Uh, he tries some dirty tactics. Uh, he gets frustrated some more. I actually think he's pretty good in this. Uh, I think he's a decent actor. It's not exactly the most exciting part, but I, I think he pulls it off pretty well. Um, yes. More interestingly, uh, we have... As uh, the deputy attorney, and this is a part where it makes some even more so- social commentary. We have uh, Vittoria Story, played by Giovanna Rally, uh-huh. who is a female investigator, uh, a female uh, astri- assistant uh, deputy, or no, it's assist- it says yeah, on assist- Wikipedia, depu- deputy attorney. But it's assist- um, I, I think the the dubbing that we watched uh, said deputy, uh, said assistant. Okay. Okay, so assistant district attorney, whatever. She's not the district attorney, but she's she's an attorney. She's, she's an attorney working on this case, and this is her first case. Yes, um, and I think she's really good, actually. Mm-hmm. I think she does a great role, job, and I think her part's very well written too. Um, and I think it's very conscious of her gender um, and about how it's like a man's world, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. And it's even referenced a couple times. And I thought they the film did. A shockingly good job of an Italian film uh, in the 1970s of addressing that. Oh no, for sure. I, I think um, you know it's very clever that she's the she's the first one who realizes that the uh, the girl's death was a murder because mm-hmm. no one else like thought it was a murder until you know she's looking at some videos on on a riot <laughs> it's completely unrelated like riot and she sees her there and she's like wait that was the same day that she committed suicide there's no way that could have happened unless she was moved and you know <clears throat> she puts all those things together so that was kind of nice i was i personally was hoping that she would do a little bit more um uh, but uh, but i guess you know it is a movie from the 70s so you know we, we take what, what, what we can get yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. She, I mean, she has some good scenes to it. I mean, I was glad that they used her more than just like once or twice. Like right. she's consistently, she's probably the second lead in the film uh, behind Casanelli. Uh, right, and 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 yeah. thanks to to her character's existence, this film actually is a lot more. If we're talking about uh, procedurals, mm-hmm. this film felt a lot more of a straight up police procedural than every any of the uh, police tests we've watched. Actually, because I agree, yeah, because yeah, a DA is one hundred percent necessary, and you know whether it's deputy DA or assistant assistant DA, um, in both of those cases, uh, whatever whatever phrase we're using, she is in fact the DA on the case, and um, mm-hmm. from what it looked like, it, it again not knowing Italian law or procedures, but from from the looks of it, like the person who who has the power of warrant or at least like low level warrant here would be the DA based on what we saw. And, if, uh, and that basically allowed the movie to move along a lot faster uh, because in almost all the police tests that, that we watched, it was the detective and the DA were not working together. Mm-hmm. So the detective never could do it. Like the detective was unable to ever do anything. 
because DA would be like, you don't have a case. And that was it. And so the detective yeah. had to do a bunch of legal shit. As, as for here, the DA is like, she she being, you know, the deputy DA or whatever, she's like, yep, yep, you got you got permission to break that door. Yes. Right. Yeah. So we actually see a productive working relationship that seems at least somewhat real. I mean, obviously, I know nothing about Italian law either, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I also liked how her character is, she's tough. I mean, she's not like a hysterical, uh, screaming woman. Mm-hmm. She's in peril, um, for one scene and she gets a threatening note. Uh, and, uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think she does a good job. I mean, I, I would have hoped that she, uh, with that one, I kind of had with, I had wished that, uh, maybe she could have escaped by her own. Um, yeah. Like there, there's one scene where she's hiding behind a motorcycle and I think that's a killer's motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would have been really cool, like, you know, if it were re- written today, I would have written her to get on the motorcycle and escape there, as opposed to yeah. run to, you know, that exit and then almost get killed by the at the elevator and be saved yeah. by the... The attendant, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, those are minor, like, just more like, oh, this is kind of what I wished, because it would have made her character a little, a little bit more badass, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree. It would have made it more badass, but at the same point, I'll I'll take what I can get from an uh, Italian genre film from the, the 70s. 70s so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is, like, so much better uh, as far as, like, having a strong woman character uh, that's a lead uh, than, like, I don't know, like, 29 out of 30 of these. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you just don't get them very often, especially in Palizzo-Teschi's. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you get that in Giallo's, but they're usually not in this role. Um so yeah uh cool uh so i i thought both of the leads were good uh i think that that is one place where this uh film does stand out i also liked uh how she was watching that demonstration at the beginning too uh just because it gives you also a sense of place and sort of like what's going on in italy at the time sort of like that political unrest and student protest culture even if it was never brought up for the rest of the film so i kind of uh i i did flag that part too um yeah, it's like uh, you don't understand what the fuck is going on though. It's interesting because I, I, I was like, I tried to look up like what pro- protest could it be, but it was like could have been anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It could, I mean, yeah, protest culture very much alive then. Yeah, it, it, it shows uh, you know how in Europe, I guess uh, Italy, the people were just big on you know doing that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know about you, but I also found this film to be far more disturbing than Solange. Where do you land on that? Just because, like, the teenagers are very, very sexualized and, like, the actual conspiracy of, like, the psychiatrist basically drugging the girls. Oh, yeah, no. It's pretty it's, messed up. It yeah. is. It is. Like, this is the definitely the darker movie, even though it shows way less. Uh, yeah. I mean, this movie doesn't show anything. The killings themselves are not horrific except for the P.I. Um... You barely see a murder, but I mean, yeah. the one body... You... And the P.I. murder is off screen too, so... Right, but you see his body and you hear, you know, how he's killed and you're like, oh, fuck, that's kind of yeah. fucked up. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but yeah, it's... that's The killings are not the main problem in this... Like, the main issue in this movie, if you will, right? Like, the main issue is the child prostitution and how fucked up it is and how, like, even like these girls are working within themselves. Like the girls are tricking other girls to do it, to do it and all that. 
Right. And it's peer pressure and stuff like that, which also feels... I mean, I, I like that angle that they go about it rather than, like, adults necessarily coercing everyone. Obviously, there's that going on as well, but it's it's peer pressure and it's girls convincing other girls, mm-hmm. which feels to me uh, more realistic, too. And that anyone could be it, including, you know, the, the other detective's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought... Uh, I was glad that Adorf was there i mean i thought it a good job in that scene for me that Mm -hmm. that has far more emotional resonance than anything um uh uh, had yeah no and 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 when it comes to emotional weight i mean those are where the scenes where i would have hold on to it a little bit you know just maybe a couple more seconds like there is a scene where i mean there's a couple of scenes to me that were actually very well done and could have been you know you the the director could have like rested on them a little bit to to let them breathe like one of them was um the first girl there that was murdered when the parents come back from africa and go to the morgue to identify her it's a very well framed scene like the parents walking into the police station uh the camera like i think it's almost a single shot of the camera like following and you see the mother and the father already looking distraught they see the girl and the mother starts crying I thought the I thought that was actually extremely effective, but then right away jumps into something completely unrelated with high, like in the middle of the day with the popping music, and I was just like, you know, the director could have held to that scene for a little bit longer. Uh, and same goes with the 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 the, uh, the, the father, the, the detective, right? When he yeah. finds out that his daughter is in in that prostitution ring, uh, you know. It could have held on a little bit more to that emotion because when it comes to the actual plot line, that's that's a strong theme. And I mean, and all the care and unlike the previous film, this one, whether the parent was present or not, like the detective dad, he looks like a very present dad. But yeah, but I mean, he even says that like that's his only reason for like living was his daughter and stuff like that. Right, exactly, and 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 he's there, like. He drops off his daughter at school. Looks like he's very close to her, and even, like he looks like a good guy. And and he yeah. even he's unaware of it. Like it's not like parents uh, an aloof parent, but like you know, right. Whereas like the parents at the beginning, at least they they seem like a little more aloof. I mean, they at, were in Africa. <laughs> when all yeah, they're happened. in Africa, and they have like the maid looking after her and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, I think maybe they didn't even realize that they had stronger scenes than they did. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the fact that they cut them, because th- yeah, there is a real juxtaposition between like sort of that that snappiness to the film where we go into our real funky soundtrack, which I love, uh, and then but it goes from the sort of like emotional sadness just to that. So yeah, I agree with what you said. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's see. So some standout scenes I have. I thought this scene, this uh, this film had far more standout scenes to me at least than mm-hmm. uh, Solange did. There's the opening scene which we were talking about earlier, which also kind of has that same funny juxtaposition of like we have this really nice music playing and like we're seeing girls come out of school and then all of a sudden we just cut to like this nude girl hanging uh, that's 15 years old. Right, but that's in, that's um, almost like a giallo like stamp stamp of approvals like you know, you go from <laughs> yeah. a little bit of calm, maybe a tree, maybe a lake and then something really fucked up next. <laughs> yeah, it's like whoa, <laughs> what the hell happened? Um there's also uh the car uh where they find the uh 
severed head. It just kind of falls out of the bag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, cut! Next move. <laughs> yeah, maybe I have a really macabre sense of humor, but I found that whole sequence going from that to the Borg, where it's like the wife wants to see the body of the PI. Yeah. And, and they're like, no, which, you which don't want to. pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, I want to see what happened to that bastard. And then she just starts screaming like crazy. Um, <laughs> I found that to be very funny too. Uh, but maybe that's just my messed up sense of humor. Um, I, I did not think if it was funny then, but like when you're repeating it, I'm like, yeah, no, that's pretty comedic. And I, it was yeah. probably done on purpose. <laughs> because she really overacts. She's like, oh, ah! <laughs> and then she doesn't like faints or something like that. I thought it was really funny. Um, okay. Um, on a <clears throat> more somber note, um, just listening, uh, the part where they're listening on tape mm-hmm. to sort of like that sexual... Uh, stuff going on that's really messed up yeah uh and then we i i like how they had uh like the assist uh the the lawyer facing one way and we have our uh detective sylvester facing the other way mm-hmm. and uh i just like the way it's framed it's done really simply and it just has that one cut to just sort of show the tape uh playing and it sort of cuts between those two. I, mean, I thought that was really well done. Right. And and this is one of those examples where, you know, the audio is almost more powerful than what they could have shown you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because also I would I do not want to see what they were doing. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. And it probably would have come off as way more kitschy um, uh, if they actually showed it. Uh, the it? fact that they just have the voices going, I thought it was really, really effective. Uh-huh. And it's also the rare example... Where they actually do a good job of holding on that for longer. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, it's, they hold on it for almost an uncomfortable amount of time. Which I think is the point. I mean, I, th- I, I think if there's one area where the writer or director really wanted to focus was, you know, on how, how, how messed up this is. Like the murders are after a fact. It's the, you know, the, the child exploitation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in this case, they literally are minors, uh, mm-hmm. unlike uh, Solange, too. So, yeah, I agree. Um, another scene I had highlighted um, was the part where the uh, the uh, PI's uh, mistress gets attacked mm-hmm. um, and how it's cross-cutting between uh, a few different things where uh, the inspector goes to pick her up and then we have the uh, guy decked out in motorcycle gear and the huge cleaver uh, coming to get her mm-hmm. and uh i like how they like it's a very memorable image for me is where cleaver gets really close to their her head right uh and then they uh uh they have sort of their chase scene with the uh the inspector's insistent getting his hand chopped off and uh they go chasing after him and he escapes through the railroad i thought the, the i i like i like that sequence that whole thing it's pretty long um that's yeah. a very politioteski sequence uh other than like the killer in all black and like the motorcycle helmet, um, but I thought it was it was a good sequence. No, definitely. And um, I mean, and it had the on the giallo elements. I would say it, it had the um, the gore. I mean, I know the police Teski has had gore later on, but this is more of a giallo kind of gore with the cutting and all that. Yeah, but the police... yeah, and like the obscured, like the mask, like the obscured face and stuff like that. That part's very giallo, right? Although the 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 non giallo part concept of this is, we don't care who the killer is, because if anything, like when the killer died, that that kills the entire case. Like he needed to survive. Yeah. Because true. Yeah. Actually, 
yeah. with, with him, then you could, uh, then the real crimes. I mean, again, not that murder is not a crime, but the the bigger crime um, was, you know, could have been uncovered better. Right. You could have gone after the, the minister masterminds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if they had rooted out, we wouldn't have any more of these. Uh, they, there would have been no more Illuminati. Would have just ended. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so you like the uh, the chasing scene too? Yeah, no, I mean, very good chasing. I mean, it, it's it it's also. <laughs> I think that it, it it's nice how like this is an Italian film too, in that the cops the cops in Italian films in general like were using you know race cars <laughs> so it adds to that the, to all those chase scenes because there are that was literally the cars that cops used uh, there were Alfa Romeos which are very fast very loud cars <laughs> yeah and you hear it i mean like there's sirens too super loud uh-huh. um yeah that's the part that reminds you that wow yeah we're in a Plecioteschi. i mean you don't have those car scenes and and giallos that's for sure Right. But I mean, even in American films, like police cars were, you know, like in all American films are just kind of random cars, if you will. Yeah. Uh, But the Italians, like, they're the country that makes, you know, race cars. So obviously their cops have like race cars too. (laughs) They're ready for the, it was the country that was most ready to film some uh, car chase scenes on for cheap. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and the other suspense scene I wanted to highlight was just the parking garage scene uh, where our uh, deputy district attorney uh, gets attacked, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was also effective. I like the cleaver as sort of like this very weapon. I like how they throw it at the end. Right. Like breaks the glass and like chucks it at her uh, and just barely misses. I thought I really liked that too. Um, and how that elevator goes super slow. Sorry, I'm going really out of sequence here. It starts in the parking garage. Um, she uh, starts getting attacked by the person and ends up hiding. She sees her driver come back, and so she sort of flags him. The driver gets it in the back of his head mm-hmm. uh, and gets killed. Um, and she has to hide in the parking garage, eventually makes a run for the elevator, which goes super slow, and she's met at the top by the killer um, who throws the cleaver, and the, uh, uh, the building attendant basically is there, luckily, at the same time, right. and, uh, is able to save her. Well, not really Saber. He's just kind of there, and the killer runs off. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a very effective scene. Um, if we're talking about suspe- suspense. Although, this is one of those areas where, you know, if you've seen enough uh, police, not, I'm sorry, enough Giallo films, you knew that uh, the killer would have gotten to the third floor by the time she gets there. Yeah, well, the elevator's so slow, too. I mean, like, it's almost painfully slow. It's like, oh, why'd you take the elevator? That ele- ele- it's funny. That elevator is almost the same speed as the elevator in my building, so. <laughs> so when when a guy in a motorcycle gear and a giant-ass cleaver comes chasing after you, you use the stairs. The yeah, use the fucking stairs. And use the chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I thought that scene was well done. It reminded me of, I think, a scene in Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. I think they also go up the elevator in that one. Oh, yeah. Um, I, uh, and I thought there was another movie where um, the elevator, was, like there was an elevator scene where the elevator was much lower than the stairs. I forget which one. Hmm. 
Maybe all the colors of the dark. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, these start to blend together, especially some of the individual sequences. Yeah. Uh, after you watch enough of them, uh, how'd you like the uh, the uh, killers' uh, getup, like motorcycle gear, black helmet, um, giant cleaver? It was cool, although it's like not super memorable in a way. Um, in the in the sense that like, uh, and and I think it it, it works for this movie is that. It could be any person. And mm-hmm. It's not like super memorable because of it. Like anyone with a motorcycle and a helmet could be the killer, right? Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. I mean, the real killer, the real villains of this are not the guy in the motorcycle gear and stuff like that. It's, a pawn. it's also pretty, un- yeah, it's a pretty unusual um, killer in this one too. And just that it's not like, I don't know, some psycho babble explanation. It's actually a real like motivation like killing basically as the hitman for this uh this prostitution ring mm-hmm. um yeah in that sense it's more plitziotesky yeah I, I thought the killer makeup was uh effective uh for what it was uh very simple uh i like the giant cleaver that seems almost like inhumanly big <laughs> and um, super sharp i mean with w- yeah. with one hit like cuts a cop's uh hand off <laughs> i mean that's when you know that it's like you know he means business yeah, well, he, I mean, the the guy, I think, was actually a butcher. So it makes sense, too. Yeah. In a weird way. Um, okay, uh, so let's see. Any last thing on any of the social themes? I think that's more or less it for me. Yeah, I think that's what I have, too. Um, yep. <laughs> okay. Um, well, uh, it was a fast movie, so we uh, wrapped that one up pretty fast. Um, who won the movie? Um, hmm. Some good candidates in this one. Oh, one last thing I wanted to add while you think about that. Uh, Some of the musical cues of this uh, reminded me a lot of the Bong Joon-ho film, uh, The Host, uh, oddly enough. Really? The swelling score and stuff like that. It made me want to watch it again because I feel like, I swear, I noticed this the first time I watched it over a year ago, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes me want to watch that, uh, see if, like, uh, some of those cues were actually ripped off, which makes, I I wonder if uh, Bong Joon-ho was watching this film around when he was making that film in 2005, 2006 range. Uh, Just an aside, who won the movie? All right, let's give it to the... The assistant DA. Okay, so Giovanna uh, Raleigh. Um, yeah, I agree. She was really good in it. It made me want to uh, see some more films that she's in. Uh, okay, I will give it to... Uh, I'm going to give it to the director. Okay. Uh, I think he just needs a shout-out. The other person would have been Castanelli, but I think it's not his best role, and I think he's good in this, but uh, yeah. Uh, director, I think, just a good job making a really fast... Really entertaining film with also a bit of weight in it, um, especially for these Italian genre films. I think as far as combining the two genres, this one does a good job. Like, I don't know if this is more Polizzi or Giallo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just both, and I think it, it works quite well. Yeah. Um, rating? I mean, this one gets probably low eight. By the way, the seven before was like a very low seven, maybe high six. So this is probably okay. like in low eight, yeah, maybe you high No, seven. you can give a... We we can allow ourselves to give uh, partial scores, so you could be like six and a half or six point seven five or something if you want. Yeah, it's it's it it always moves. 
Depending okay. on we, I mean, we make the rules here. This is our podcast, so True. you know, you could be like, "Oh, this movie is definitely a six point seven eight seven. This movie uh, is a potato. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm thinking it's more like uh, you know, a, a borscht vegetable, like a, a beet, uh, something like that. Uh, okay, so you're giving this uh, a low eight, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. This movie is a low eight, and it gets uh, three three Weinstein's. <laughs> what about Epstein's? Four Epstein's for sure. I don't know what that means, but uh, there, there are some pretty messed up stuff happening worthy of those two terrible men. I know that's why. <laughs> Actually, uh, and, and the previous one gets uh, definitely two Weinstein's, and I'm not sure. Maybe one Epstein. Maybe maybe a little bit of Woody Allen in there. Woody Allen, there we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm I'm not going to give this film any Epstein's, Weinstein's, or Allens, uh, but I will give this film an eight out of ten. All right. Uh, I I I mean I think we're pretty locked up on both of these. I think it's a very very highly enjoyable film. Not a perfect film, and probably a film that I won't remember super well in a week. But it's a it's a fun one to watch in. It, it, the fact that it actually has some serious themes and stuff does set it aside a bit from uh, Politiotesky's and Giallo films, mm-hmm. which I do enjoy. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, that wraps up this Film to Film podcast. Uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in again to listen to some more uh, Italian uh, films. Yep. Uh, and we will uh, see you all in two weeks. In two weeks. Bye.